Wake up, wake up, 49ers fans. You are in the playoffs, Larry. It starts Saturday evening, a road to Las Vegas. First step, Santa Clara. First step, Green Bay Packers. And that's what we're talking about for the next couple hours. How are you, brother? Doing great, man. Good morning to everybody. Happy Friday, uh, January the 19th. It is go time. I spent three days down in Santa Clara talking to everybody and anybody, talking to a lot of the players individually. The Niners are rested. They're ready. They respect their opponent. Not an ounce of fear. And it's go time, baby. Biggest impressions of just being around the team, the feeling of looseness, tightness. I mean, the one thing that I think anyone can agree on that has been covering this team is there's never been more pressure at the beginning of the playoffs to where, you know, even the reasonable among us are saying, you better damn well be in the Super Bowl three weekends from now. And, and what impressions, Damon? Yes. Are we starting off the show with impressions? Um, <laughs> you know, Tom, I, it's so cute that the Niners are still going after the Super Bowl. Um, Look, it's uh, but don't you agree? I mean, this this yeah. feels like it's it's Vegas or Bust. galactic failure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's such a it's such a hard way to live. But um, you know what? This is you know it's almost like life at the bottom of the pole in the NFL. You know, it's like you got to produce. Or there's the effing door. You know what I mean? Right. Every guy in that practice squad, every guy that's not one of the top 20 or 30 guys in this team, every guy that's deemed replaceable is under that same uh, standard of, you know what? You do it or you don't. And if you don't, you're gone. And I'm not saying Shanahan's going to be gone because that's ridiculous. But there is no ambiguity about the standard this year. It's not going to be okay to, well, they, you know, they look good. It just didn't happen. No, it's either going to be elation and they get to and win the Super Bowl, or it's going to be devastation and uh, they fell short and there's going to be an avalanche of criticism. So well, embrace think, it and just go with it. There are some people who, because of their lack of experience covering the league, they're in Every year's got to be winning the Super Bowl. If you're not winning the Super Bowl every year, you're failing every year. That's really not how the league works. It's not how teams' competitive life cycles work. And there are plenty of years where you're clearly not going to be contending or competing for a Super Bowl. So you got to be able to acknowledge those. And then I think on the other side of that coin, you got to be able to acknowledge when it is time. And it truly is, without exaggeration, without you know, the the fandom seeping into coverage. It really is time for the Niners to reach the mountaintop of this league. They are prepared. As you said, they are rested. They are focused. And they are, and this is the most important key ingredient. Larry, this is the healthiest the 49ers have been all year. I don't remember one injury report where there was only one out. Cleland Farrell is the only he's not playing on the entire roster of the San Francisco 49ers. And to me, that doubles down on the, you must have the night, the night against the Packers. You know, I, I wanted to interview Dre Greenlaw yesterday at the end of the media session. And uh, Dre's like, yeah, man, let's talk. And then the, the session ran out. He was talking a little bit to Brock at his locker, but Dre's going to go, you know, I mean, he's listed as questionable. Um, he's, he's having some pain in the Achilles area, but, um, 
you know, he's going to go and I think he probably got a shot for it and he's, and he's, he's ready to roll. I mean, he's going to play in this game. He's had time off. Um, and the, other than that, Cleveland Farrell's the only guy that's not going to go. And it's a loss because they're going to need uh, either Austin Bryant or Robert Beal or somebody else, you know, Nick Bosa and Chase Young, uh, Randy Gregory. Somebody's going to have to step up without Clee because Clee's been in that rotation. Look, I'm glad but, that Robert Beal got himself some yeah. real live big boy snaps in the season finale against the Rams. And he, with his number, what was it, 51? Is that what he's wearing? 51, 52, yeah. 51, 52. He, he kept on jumping on the screen to me. I mean, he is fast. He's got a motor. So I I would like to see him get snaps. I really would. I think that he's going to, to fit the bill. Now, Farrell has been, I think, a really good story for the 49ers, but he's one of those guys, you know, like you said, Larry, he's on the edge of the roster. Even though he's an important player, he's one of those, anything he gives you is the gravy. He's not the actual, the entree. Um, Beal can be that guy. I think Randy Gregory has got to step up into that role in a big time way this postseason to be that other guy who might not be ballyhooed, but has himself a really good afternoon of football in one of these next, hopefully three games that the 49ers are playing in. Um, I know that you've talked to, well, well, before, before we talk to about all the things we've talked about all week as we've gotten ready for this game with our own guests and whatnot, um, take me into the Niners locker room. What did you see? What was the overwhelming feeling that you got from the players or, or any one specific conversation? Well, I did an extended conversation yesterday with um, Logan Ryan. And, you know, I, I, it was funny. I said, hey, you know, you're one of the veterans in the room. The Niners have five young DBs and they need those young DBs to play. And I said to him, you know, if a young player came up to you this week and asked you for advice, you know, you've won, you've been in two super, he's got two super bowls. I mean, this guy's got a lot of experience and he said, you know what, this isn't the week to try a new pill. This isn't a new week to try a new sleep method. This isn't a new week to, you know, stay with your, stay with your process, you know, stay with what's worked for you. Um, don't make any big changes this week, you know, trying to, you know, chase perfection, just stay within yourself be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Uh, be accountable to your teammates. Know where you're supposed to be. So it was a simple message from him, but one that was, I think, you know, I took it as, you know, don't panic. Don't change. You know, trust your process. Stay with it and um, get your head in the playbook. Know where, you, where you're supposed to be and when. Um, you know the plan. And, and then just go out there and let your, and, and play, you know, play physical and play fast. I mean, that's really it. That was his message. Um, you know, I talked to Colton McKivitz extensively about what his job is. Cause I think his job's huge. He's going to have Rashawn Gary who lined up on his side 400 times this year. And, you know, um, you know, Colton has done, watched all the cutups of all the D linemen. And he said, Hey, look, they were, they rush five a lot. And, um, so you got to, and, and they don't do a lot of blitzing, but they do rush five and they'll sometimes rush guys that, you, you know, won't, you won't necessarily be the five that you think are coming and they'll drop other guys into coverage, but he's like, they, they're going to rush five and we're going to have to be prepared for it. So, I mean, there was just a lot of individual con uh, conversations. Brock Purdy um, is, you know, a lot of people say, well, he's been off for 21 days. 
I think the Niners did something really good in these 21 days, Damon, is they they drove that kid film work, uh, perfecting the mistakes that he made during the year, cleaning up his technique, really get really working him hard. And um, so, yeah, he hasn't played. But, man, he has been working really hard, watching film on the field, trying to perfect his craft. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of that. Um, what's, and, been, and, what's, been the, uh, what's been the level of contact at practice? Because you obviously don't want to have guys putting the thunder on each other. No one wants a uh, practice injury before the playoffs start. But you also don't want to go tippy-toeing around and set the wrong tone for what's coming, the hardest-hitting football game you're going to be in all year long. That's what's coming. And yeah. what, what, how did Shanahan deal with the actual physicality of the last two weeks of practice? They went live. They went live with pads uh, Friday, um, you know, uh, ones versus ones. Um, and, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, that's a good way to go about it. But that was last week. This week, they, you know, they, they, it was much, you know, they didn't go with, with hitting right. and that kind of thing. Walk through shells. They're not in full pads. Yeah, they weren't in full pads this week, and there wasn't hitting, but they actually had a live training camp-like practice last week on Friday. And um, Thursday and Friday were two back-to-back -back pretty intense practices by all accounts. And a lot of guys feel like it It was great. Um, some of the guys said we absolutely needed that, you know, just to, just to, just to get in that right frame of mind and to not have the rust. So, I mean, the beautiful part about this is that Shanahan's got a really good playoff record. He's never lost a playoff game at home. He's got a real good idea and sense of his team this year, what they needed. And I think they hit the ground running in this game. If, if they lose this game, it won't be because of their plan or, Oh, that was the other thing that came across Damon. I need to mention this without me asking, I would say at least a half dozen guys referenced. We really like the plan this week. So that's always good. And I asked Shanahan, I said, do you have to sell your plan to these guys? I mean, not only do you come up with the plan, but do you have to sell it to them? And he first, he's like, God, I hope not. And then he said, you know, um, it's always great, though, when the guys really, you know, believe in the plan um, and are invested mentally and emotionally in the plan and and have that total belief in it. Right. That's always a good thing. The theme that's always come from the guys in the locker room is Kyle doesn't want you to learn how to run a play. He wants you to understand how the play is run. And there's a difference there, right? There really is. I know that that sounds like, well, you're just saying the same thing two different ways. I'm not. It's, there, it's the why. It's, it's, the, it's not just the what. It's the what and the why. Yes. Yeah. And, and look, Shanahan doesn't give very much right he he plays his cards very close to the vest a lot you know as all coaches do but do you have any inkling as to what that plan might be larry is the plan the obvious thing that you and i've been talking about together all week and with our guests all week that this really feels like if shanahan gets off a 40 carry game the niners win it the plan should be RPM runs per minute, fresh runs, fresh legs running it like chip Kelly tempo. And it's McCaffrey, McCaffrey, Mitchell McCaffrey in the slot up. Oh, Jordan Mason's back there. Now fresh legs, Debo, Debo end around Debo lined up as a running back Debo coming from anywhere deep did, did Debo tunnel screen. Uh, to me, this is the 
keep fresh legs, knees and elbows running at the Packers. And it feels like the easiest way to go about winning this game. I think it's going to be the Christian McCaffrey invitational, to be honest. Okay. I really do. I think the Niners are going to run the ball a ton. Um, you know, this this uh, this Green Bay team is 28th in the league against the run. I mean, that what really stands out, it's who runs the ball better and who stops the run better. Uh, the 49ers have the number three rushing offense. Green Bay's got the number 28 rushing defense. The Niners have the number three rush defense. Green Bay's got the mid-pack 15th rush offense. So it's stop Aaron Jones on defense uh, first and foremost. Make make Jordan Love play from the pocket. Make him go through his progressions. And then it's a lot of Christian McCaffrey. I really believe that. And then the thing that really stands out when you look at uh, you know this team defensively, Green Bay, is that Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are not guys who can cover the running back out of the backfield. And Quay Walker, I think I heard Greg Papa say it when I was driving down to the facility. Um, you know, there's no question. Quay Walker is probably more of a defensive end who's a little undersized and is playing inside linebacker. He's a much better player moving forward than he is going backward. And Devondre Campbell just doesn't move well at all. And I just think that you're going to see Debo in the backfield. You're going to see CMC in the backfield. Um, and they're going to make those guys the conflict defender. And they're going to make those guys prove that they can cover. Um, but, you know, the, the stat of stats to me is the 49ers this year are 10 and 1 when Christian McCaffrey goes for 75 yards. So they're going to run the heck out of Christian McCaffrey. And Damon, there was one. If there was one guy in that room this week that was just all about business, Christian McCaffrey. And he just mentioned that the Niners have been in a, you know, focus and a, we, we're going to go back to the Super Bowl kind of intensity and, and singular mindset since minicamp. And he led that charge in minicamp. You were there in training camp. You saw how he stood out from his peers. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the biggest. I think he's going to be the biggest player on the field for the Niners. Well, he's really been one of the biggest players on the field in the NFL all year long. Welcome to wake up. It's great to have you here. Larry and I getting very aggressive with these wake up programs surrounding this Packers game to the point where it's wonderful to have you here. Please hit like subscribe, Larry. I know um, you began your day with a new member. I didn't, uh, I did not write down the gentleman's name, but you have a new member. So welcome to all members on both. There he is. Richard hey, Hutchinson's in the house, everybody. Let's give it up. Give it up for rich. Big Dick Hutchinson. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Much. Richard, welcome to, uh, welcome to membership. Welcome to a little football knowledge and welcome to wake up. Uh, again, like and subscribe, good friends. That's how you help the algorithm kiss us on the forehead. And also, we will be back for our forehead kisses Sunday at 9 a.m. We are going to do a special day after. We're going to push it back an hour since Larry's going to be at the stadium late. It's a late night for me as well. Uh, 9 a.m. on Sunday, 49ers wake up, win or lose. And then Monday, we will continue with 49er wake up, win or lose. No, don't call it 49er wake up. They don't like that. Wake up, win or lose. And uh, we are going to be at it. And then should... 
this team really be in the NFC title game. Expect a few more of these programs to be popping up throughout the week. And uh, it's certainly something that we're looking forward to doing. And Larry, I'm just going to tell you right now, the flight to Las Vegas has been booked. It has been, it has been booked. So hopefully that's something that you and I are doing together. Um, And I just, this is the year where it feels like it really has to happen. It has to be this year. Now, having said, I didn't want to jinx it by booking the flight, but let's just say this. I've looked into the rental car situation and we may be road tripping uh, on this end. Wow. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stop by Cal Poly and scoop up Kev. And uh, we're going to make beautiful music uh, all week long in Vegas. So we're, uh, we're, we're not so arrogant. We're buying non-refundable flights here, Larry. I mean, we've got a little travel <laughs> insurance going on. You know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to mess with the football guy. I just don't want to, I, I just don't want to, yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, I, I just don't want to put the cart before the horse. I want to give proper respect to Green Bay and Detroit. I do believe right. it'll be Detroit. But I can tell um, you there are limited flights out of the Bay Area to Las Vegas should yeah. this team actually get to the Super Bowl. Get your seat now if you can. Yeah, but look at it this way. If you're going to go great road trip with your son, that sounds like an awful lot of fun too. So either way, hopefully you and I are both there. The Niners, like we said, they better be there. And having said all that, It could be the Green Bay Packers that pose the biggest threat. I mean, we'll worry about the Lions or the Buccaneers the week after should they win. But I really do think that this might be the best other team remaining in the NFC side of the bracket. But for the 49ers, Larry, the Packers are are more than a neat story. And this is what I've kind of found out all this week is I've been leaning into who they are and how they got here and the metamorphosis of their season because their season, I mean, just... It's like it's like a song, right? Their season begins really soft and low, and you don't really notice it, and then it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds, and then at the end, it's freaking my heart will go on, and Celine Dion has got veins popping out of her neck. She's singing so hard, and this song is such a, a rousing ending. Do you realize that the Packers against the Dallas Cowboys – Put up an offensive DVOA of 89.9 or 189.9, which is the best in franchise history. I mean, they came out and put a game and a molly whopping on the, the Dallas Cowboys that was one for the ages. It really was. There was only some cosmetic scoring at the end of that game that made it look closer than it really was. They didn't just beat the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the ever-living shit out of the Dallas Cowboys. That's how good they were. And I don't think a team that is just lucky to be here gets to win quite like that. Um, They really have turned into something of a threat, a true honest-to-God threat through the play of not just Jordan Love, but you know, I had Bart Winkler, who's been a longtime talk show host in Milwaukee, on with me yesterday. And he says, look, we, you know, like, like, like always. We concentrate on quarterback head coach. They're the guys who get the close-ups in between the plays. He's like the play of this entire Packers team around love is really the difference. It's Jordan love. Isn't this good, this early taking this biggest step forward. You got a bunch of young guys on this team who took significant steps forward in their careers in the last eight weeks of this season. 
It's two different teams. It's two totally different outfits almost. And the Green Bay Packers that you saw in September aren't here anymore. They've been replaced by these guys, this new version of the Green Bay Packers, who are absolutely a threat. Look at it this way. If the Packers shock the world and beat the 49ers, don't be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I, and I totally concur. Um, and Niner fans were getting mad at me earlier this week when I was singing the praises of this Packers team. Um, if you see it any other way, I don't think you're seeing it. And these people that are predicting the Niners to just wipe the floor with this team. All right, 51-3 Niners. I, I, I really don't think so. It'd be great. So <laughs> Let's see I don't it. think so either. Yeah. Um, Jordan Love. Let's start, let's start right there because Jordan Love started the year and, you know, in, in in the middle of November, he's got 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. They're three and six. He's been sacked 19 times. Okay. From that point on, the next nine games or whatever, uh, 21 touchdowns, one pick, sacked only 11 times. So I bring up the sack total because I think that's a big key for Green Bay. I mean, they're the number two pass block win rate offensive line. Uh, Rashid Walker at left tackle, Elgin Jenkins at left guard, uh, Zach Tom at right tackle. I mean, they've got some some pretty good offensive linemen. They're good at, good as run blockers. Nick Bosa said that early in the week, but obviously they're doing a nice job at protecting Jordan Love. And as he's gotten protection, he's made he's become a better decision maker. He's in sync with LaFleur, um, you know, he's got this one thing where I, that he's doing that's very Brett Favre-like in that he gets to the top of his drop and then he just drifts, you know, he drifts and creates a little bit more time for himself to get open or for his receivers to get open. And they're doing a great job. They totally neutralized Micah Parsons last weekend up front. Uh, they allowed only one pressure in 19 pass, pass rush snaps to, uh, to Parsons. Um, so that's a big key. I mean, can Tom and Walker block Bosa and Chase Young and Randy Gregory and Beal up front? Uh, Dallas was held without a sack, and Bosa was you know third in the NFL this year with 95 pressures. So um, that's that's a big part of the game right right there. And then um, the other part is you know Green Bay started slowly because um, they didn't go into the, they didn't go into free agency for a veteran tight end or veteran wide receiver. They said, we're going to do it in the draft. And Gutekunst went into the draft and found good, really good players. And unfortunately, they're young, so they gave away the first half of the year. But now they're in, they're in rhythm with love. And he's got, you know, I mean, Kraft and Musgrave are Pro Bowl caliber tight ends. Luke Musgrave's going to go to work in the middle of that field. There's no, no, no he's no. fast. He's yeah. not just six six. He's fast. And then, and then that's not it. I mean, you know, Dontavion Wicks, the Virginia receiver, has four touchdowns this season. Doesn't sound great, but all of them have come in the last three weeks. So he's he's playing great. And Dobbs is a terrific, well-rounded intermediate threat. They use Jaden Reed, the rookie from Michigan State, on a lot of their motions. Um, and Bo Melton is shifty. Christian Watson's their vertical threat. And every single one of these guys, 
I mean, if you look the last seven weeks, I think there's like seven different Packers in the last seven weeks that have led them in receiving. So it's not in the like the Niners in the past going against Green Bay where you knew, hey, if you can take away Devontae Adams, tilt all the coverage to Devontae, you got a reasonable expectation you could bother Rodgers. There's any number of guys that he can go to, including Aaron Jones out of the backfield. So right. love spreads it around. He, he spreads it around. And Jones has gone for over at least 111 yards now, four weeks in a row. So you he know brings tremendous momentum into this game. What they also do, Larry, is, and this is another thing that as the Packers got better, LaFleur became more aggressive in his play calling. And this team, if the Green Bay Packers on their side of the field are looking at a third and four, they might be taking an end zone shot right there. Yeah. And, and they, Love's been hunting big plays. He takes a lot shots, and it's not just against Dallas. This is how the second half of the season is gone. They take shots from midfield. They look for big plays from their own side of the field. Oh, they only need to pick up four for a first down and stay ahead of the chains. They might be going for it right there. So that is where the 49ers really need to be Johnny on the spot. Third and six doesn't mean defend this fucker for seven yards. It means you better be looking for an end zone shot here too because they're going to be looking for it. They are aggressive on fourth down. Larry, they're throwing touchdowns on fourth down, not just looking to pick up first down. So um, it's th that's where a coach getting confidence in his team becomes something of a dangerous equation to figure out. Now, look, the 49ers have the same thing going for them. Not only do they have the same thing going for them, they got a better version of what the Packers have going for them, of what the Packers do. But there is, and you and I even put a short out this week, there's an awful lot of echo between these two offenses, and it makes sense. It really does. You know, LaFleur and Shanahan have coached together an awful lot of offensive snaps going back to Washington Redskins days, going back to uh, Atlanta Falcons days. Uh, these two guys have worked together a long time. There's a lot of, you know, common knowledge and I think similar game goals in both of their minds. And so it's it's not abstract that these two teams would look a little bit like each other. There is a level of balance. There is a little of um, respecting the run and taking those shots when they're there that, that just both these teams do that. And I think both these teams are going to be doing it against each other Sunday night, Saturday night. And it's, it's a, a lot's going to come back down to who takes care of the football. You know, it's really as simple as that. And that's the, that is why that's another reason why this green Bay team is so freaking scary because Jordan love right now is taking great care of the football. The reality is the Niners had four games this year where they had at least two turnovers in those games. They went one and three in those games. Um, the Niners have a turnover in every loss they've had this season. Green Bay on the other hand, only has 18 takeaways, which is 23rd in the NFL. So, you know, it's not like they typically take it away. They did last week against Dallas, um, but they don't typically take it away. But the 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 49ers, whoever takes better care of the football here is I think the, the Niners will do a better job than Dallas did on this Green Bay offense. But this Green Bay offense is very, very legit and they're going to score points. So it's if the Niners think they're going to get in one of these games, 
crap out in the red zone, score 17, and get out of there with the win, think again. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to convert in the red zone. Um, they're going to have to score touchdowns in the red zone, and they're going to have to take care of the football. If 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 the and, but on paper, the 49ers should be able to do they sh, in the who's going to do a better job of running the ball, stopping the run. On paper, it should be the Niners, uh, but then the turnover thing could be the equalizer. Um, and then the other thing to watch for on Green Bay's side is Jair Alexander did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, is he going to go? And then Carrington Valentine, um, if you look at some of those numbers, Valentine has struggled this year. Uh, so, you know, can they pick on him? He was a seventh-round pick. Uh, the, the, the Packers' numbers against tight ends and against receivers are not good either. Um Green Bay's pass defense gave up a 100.3 rating to wide receivers, Damon. That was 28th in the NFL. And Green Bay's defense allowed a 105.8 quarterback rating to tight ends. That's 23rd in the NFL. So the Niners should be able to pass it or run it. Um, and and I, I think the Niners are going to have a lot of success offensively. They can't turn it over. There are... Uh, there are two championship caliber offenses on the field Saturday night at Levi's. There's only one championship caliber defense on the field at Levi's on Saturday night. And that needs to be the difference. That's it right there. The 49ers defense is the difference in this game because I do think the Packers are going to get into the twenties. I think the 49ers are going to get into the thirties uh, in terms of scoring. I, I, I three touchdowns for the Packers. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happened. Um, Again, and uh, there's some people in the chat saying, you know, Larry and Damon, you guys need to relax. We got this. You're fear mongering. You know, you no. You, you, no, no. no, 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 no. This is you. And 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 you're the same. And just ask yourself this question. Who did you have last week in Dallas Green Bay? And I know you had Dallas. Well, I had Green Bay. So don't tell me I'm fear mongering. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you, you just we all hope for the best. And we're all optimistic. And the 49ers on paper should win. But if you're in this mindset that this is going to be some old-fashioned route, you are wrong, okay? And if you don't expect the Green Bay to be damn good in this game, you're going to be wrong again. So I'll say it right now, and I hope I can say it loud enough for the people in the back. I really believe that this will be the 49ers' toughest playoff game. Tougher than next week, tougher than the Super Bowl. This is well, a Super team Bowl. that's no, no. I think this is the tougher game than the Super Bowl. I really do, because this team is rolling and they're so young, and the Niners have to do something in the first quarter that's going to be very difficult to do. They're going to have to halt the momentum of a Green Bay team that has a ton of it coming in, and they're going to have to, off of a twenty-day break, establish their own rhythm and their own momentum on the fly. And and dist and you know, display no rustiness. That's a that's a tall order for the first quarter of this playoff game. Um, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying they got a lot of work to do. And this Green Bay team is legit. And yeah, Green Bay's defense is not the Niner caliber defense. But guess what? Rashawn Gary, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark are all number one picks. Right. It's you know, it's like it's like the context of arm strength. You know. Even if it's not the best ever, it just needs to be good enough, you know? And and that's what the Packers got defensively. It's not 
great. But it is NFL caliber. It is good. It's good enough. Um, good enough to beat the 49ers? I don't think so. And that's why they're getting 10 points, nine and a half, whatever it is. But this is a legitimate Green Bay Packers team. And even if they lose poorly, that's still a legitimate Green Bay Packers team. Okay. Um, you know, somebody in Moon Man here is saying, you know, how the fuck are the Packers a championship caliber offense? Well, there's only one team with a better way to DVOA than the 49ers offensively, and it's the Green Bay Packers. And what don't they do well? I mean, they they they're running the ball really me. effectively. Backwards, it's the only team with a better way to DVOA offensively than the Packers is the Niners. Well, let's it, just go go through it though. I mean, Green Bay's offense. Okay, they they've got this they've got this offensive line. I don't love offensive line stats. The one that I do like or really believe in is pass block win rate. Right. Yeah, they are number two in the NFL pass block win rate. So they block, they block your rush. They give their quarterback time. They've got a running back that comes into this game having rushed for 111 yards in each of the last four games, and he's a receiver out of the backfield, and he's a veteran. He's been here before. Look, look at what they just they just totally neutralized Dallas. Say whatever you want about Dallas. Rushing the quarterback has really not been a problem all year. They didn't even come close against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, plus they've got two really good tight ends. They got a bunch of receivers. All, and the, the scary part about Green Bay is that they are so young that they're that you know the rest disadvantage may not may not bother them. The the travel issues may not bother them. They're so young that there's no expectation. The, the Niners are the ones that have the expectation. The Niners are the ones that are the one seed. The, the pack's going to roll in loose, loose with momentum, with a ton of young players that are all, all talented. All, all these guys they have are really, really talented. So, um, don't make, don't look at this and go, Hey, the Niners have nine pro bowlers and green Bay has none. The Niners are going to wipe the floor with them. No, no, well, I mean, not. and just haven't you watched enough football either this season alone or in your life where you've, I mean, if you haven't learned the lesson by now that nothing is guaranteed in this league, you just haven't been paying attention. You just haven't been. And they're the hardest thing I think to do is to live up to standards week in, week out. And Kyle, even though he hasn't delivered a Lombardi trophy, the standards that this team has met week in, week out over the last five years has been pretty damn extraordinary. That's why I think we get so, you know, angry at people who can't even see it, you know, who think that, oh, with, you know, there, there's no good football happening unless it is a Lombardi. That's not the way it works. An awful lot of good football can be put into a football year and you still don't end up with a Lombardi trophy. That's the way this league works. And let me tell you, there's always a one seed that feels like it goes down. And I don't know if the Texans are going to beat the Ravens and that would put the 49ers is that maybe it's you. So I, I like the Texans to beat the Ravens. By the way, I kind of like the Texans to beat the Ravens too. I didn't want you to take that from me. I had that later on. I'm taking the Texans, Larry. Yeah. Well, but, but, but once again, though, Jordan Love leads the NFL in a number of passing categories since week 11. Aaron Jones is hot. Their young wide receivers and tight ends are coming on strong. Their old line is, is number two in pass block win rate. And 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 they're in you know they're loose and there's no pressure on them. How about this? Let's just let me, put it in. A, let's put it in a language everyone can understand. 
the Philadelphia Eagles had peaked too early, written all over them. The Green Bay Packers are peaking at the perfect time. They're peaking at the perfect time for a team that's in the postseason, just young and dumb enough to not understand the pressure of it all. They're playing really good football at the most important time of the year to play really good football. That's what we're saying. That's what we're stressing on this version of Wake Up Today. Neither Larry nor I believe the Packers are going to win this game. But we also believe the Packers are absolutely qualified and built to possibly win this game, which conceptually NFL, any NFL team is. So you got to be doubly on the spot when you think it's a better than average NFL team who's on a way above average NFL heater right now. That's what the Packers are. The Packers are a hot, young team who's ahead of schedule. We've seen that in the Bay Area. They're dangerous. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is this is a dangerous team. And have proper respect for your opponent. T-Dub. So will Larry admit he was fear-mongering when they win by 35? The Niners are not. I'll I'll say this with total confidence. The 49ers are not winning this game by 35. If you think they are, you are wrong. They are not winning this game by 35. They are not. Uh, Green Bay, whether the Niners lead or or trail, they're it doesn't matter. They're not winning this game by 35. Put that down in ink. I'll lay the nine and a half. I'm not laying the 35. I won't lay the nine and a half. But I I no, no, I won't lay the nine and a half. But I will say this. There are reasons to like the Niners. Should we get to those? Yes. Okay, here's one. I gotta throw this to you. And I and I and I did a lot of research on this. I got to the Niner facility two hours early yesterday and just dug through every factoid, every angle. I I mean, I seriously had I it was amazing the reams of facts that I dug up yesterday on the game. And this is one that really stood out to me. Teams that win as six point dogs or higher the previous week, that would be Green Bay. Uh, and our six-point dogs again the next week, that would be Green Bay, are just 3-13 and 13 straight up over the last 20 years. So this is something that I was talking about with Bart Winkler yesterday. And he said it's often that a young, got-here-ahead-of-schedule team knocks down the door of their wild card game, gets everybody in the NFL kind of talking about them, going, look at these guys, how about them? And then it's that second week of playoff caliber football that overwhelms the underdog. And hopefully that's in play here. Hopefully that's fully in play. Larry, I hope you're wrong. I hope they win by 40, okay? But it's probably not going to happen. I think the Packers are good enough to wave off any sort of embarrassing level of defeat, but I do think they're going to be defeated by a better 49ers team that regardless of the you know underdog winning by this many points and then being underdogs again by that many points, it's like the Niners are just a better football team. Their A-plus game should beat the Packers' A-plus game. But if the Niners play a B-plus game while the Packers are playing an A-plus game, then all of a sudden you've turned the ball over twice and those are fatal flaws in the postseason. Uh, we got a guy in here who says, Larry's acting like love is Tom Brady. Okay. 
Uh, Jordan Love, by the way, in weeks one through 10, 16th in EPA per play, 25th in success rate, 38th in completion percentage. Jordan Love from week 11 on, second in EPA per play, third in success rate, third in completion percentage. The kids playing ball. But back to why the Niners are going to win. Teams on short rest in the playoffs facing a team who's not on short rest in the playoffs. Five and 12 straight up in the last 20 years, 20 years. So the Niners have the rest. The Packers are on the short rest teams in the playoffs in the last 20 years. In that situation, go five and 12 Green Bay. In other words, that doesn't bode well for them. Shanahan four. No straight up at home as a playoff favorite. Will floor 18 and two in December, but we're not in December. In January, LaFleur is seven and five. So it's not like he's wiping the floor with anybody in January. Plus, Kyle Shanahan's got some serious ownage over his own coaching tree. Yeah. Which LaFleur is from. That's another great point. So I think that there's a little of that working in the 49ers' favor. And they're just, they're, they are, they're the better team. They're the more experienced team. They, uh, this is talent versus, Super talent and super talent uh, to carry the day. I'll tell you, there's two things. There's there's two danger signs, Larry, that I'm looking for. And then I I don't want to I don't want to to interrupt your role if you have more reasons why the Niners are going to win. But here's two signs. If you don't see either of these in the game, like I think Niners are on the right path. Anytime Brock's getting his balls batted down at the line of scrimmage, trouble. Okay, that is trouble. In any game where we have seen any of that, that has been a game where Brock has gotten into trouble. So early batted down balls at the line of scrimmage, avoid that and miss tackles. If the 49ers aren't missing their tackles, they're not missing the opportunity to win this game. I really believe that more than anything else. And and I think that Dre Greenlaw is going to be the aspirin that alleviates all these running game headaches uh, along with Eric Armstead. That's what I, I meant, Eric Armstead. Because him him being in the middle of this defensive line changes the DNA of the defensive line immensely. The other reason I love the Niners in this game is the Niners scored a touchdown on an NFL best 67.2% of their red zone drives. Scoring touchdowns in the red zone is the is a major key, I think, to beating this Green Bay team. Nobody's better at throwing touchdowns in the red zone this year than the San Francisco 49ers. So um that that's 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 a major one for me right there. But ultimately the biggest one is the basics, which is the Niners are 10 and 1 when CMC goes for 75 yards on the ground. And when you really back away from all of it and take kind of the macro view of this game, it's it's Niners have the 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 second or the number three rush offense in football and a healthy rested Christian McCaffrey um, going up against the twenty eighth rated rush defense in the league, and I really think that Shanahan's genius, if there is any, is in his ability to get those second-level defenders isolated in space against his weapons. And Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell against CMC, who was a first-team All-Pro, that's a mismatch of the highest order. 
Well, and so and Kyle finds that's what Kyle exploits. That's and then Jones, who's a great running back, is going against Warner and Greenlaw, who each had a hundred and twenty tackles or more this year. Uh, both of those guys, in my mind, are—I don't care what the vote said—they're both All-Pro caliber linebackers. So, I think if you say, "Give me, give me the main reason Niners win," second-level defenders. Green Bay's got Quay Walker, who's a D end, and Devondre Campbell, who's a statue. Um, and the Niners have four or five guys who are rested, ready, and are at the top of their sport in uh, Warner and Greenlaw. And right. so I think the Niners, because of the, their duo, will shut down Jones. And I think the, the Packers, because of their duo, will get worked by Debo and CMC, both as runners and as receivers. And I think that... If you say why do I feel confident the Niners will win, it's that right there. But they've got but they've I was but unlike a lot of you guys, I respect the hell out of Green Bay and their weapons because I know the talent. I watched all these guys in college. The Niners wanted all of these guys. The Niners wanted Kraft. The Niners wanted Musgrave. The Niners wanted Dobbs. The Niners wanted Jaden Reed. Gutekunst drafted all these guys. They're all legit, man. I mean, they are all legit. So do not think that these guys aren't legit. And don't be uh, don't be surprised if Green Bay's offense has a lot of success in this game against the 49er defense. Um, but I think the Niners, if they don't turn it over, they'll be better. They'll win. But I, I don't think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be, you know, they may cover the nine on the back end, but I think it's a close game. I really do. I mean, what would make any game of chess unfair is if you were playing with two queens on your side of the board and I didn't even have a queen. And that's what the 49ers have in Warner and Greenlaw. They've got these two chess pieces that can move in any and all directions. And there's very much directional players for the Green Bay Packers. And to prove that, the Green Bay Packers are the second worst in the NFL when it comes to giving yards after first contact. And that is literally the neighborhood that Kyle Shanahan's offense lives in. This is the ultimate yards after contact football team and have been for years now. It's what Kyle prides himself on. All the downfield blocking that has benefited the 49ers all season long should really pay off in this game. Um, that's where I do think maybe it does get a little loose. Maybe the 49ers do make today's show sound a little a, a, a little anxiety-ridden because we're we're worried about a Green Bay team. That I, I do, again, I think you and I got this right. I think we're right to worry about the Green Bay Packers. And anyone who's been watching them would agree. Um the same way that you know, smart Green Bay Packers fans are saying. Yeah, we absolutely could go and win this game. We're probably not, but it could happen. And that's just what th this entire league is. You could get in trouble with one or two mistakes. What if I told you Kyle Shanahan didn't put Debo or Ayuk back on special teams and Ronnie Bell coughs one up? What if I told you that was a part of the game plan? Are you still sure that the 49ers are going to win this game? You know, I mean, I don't know. The one big or bad mistake is all it takes to lose a playoff game. That's all it takes. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, a lot of people uh, are mad at me in the chat. That's fine. 
Let me just say this. I'm mad at you, Larry. Uh, the winner of this game. Unlike unsubscribe. The winner of this game <laughs> is going to win the Super Bowl. The winner of this game is going to win it all. That's how that's how strongly I feel about um, the talent on Green Bay and, and the Niners. I, uh, this, to me, is the Niners' toughest game. And if Green Bay wins this game, they'll beat Detroit. They'll beat the AFC team. These are the two best teams right now. You got a hot young um, Green Bay team that has flaws on defense, but they're playing well. Um, and they're really, really young, really, really talented. And the Niners are probably going to beat them. Um, and but but if they don't, watch this Green Bay team run the table. I I don't think I'm going to walk all the way out on that branch and hang out with you out there, Larry. I. Could That's it happen? Fine. Sure. That's fine. Could, sure. Absolutely. It could happen. How about how about this? Whatever team finds itself in the NFC title game absolutely has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than the team that didn't make it there, right? So, <laughs> yes, you, you've got that on your side. I don't know if I'm willing to give you a drop a guarantee the winner of this game is your Super Bowl champion. I, I got I, I, I've got way too much healthy respect for either a red-hot Buffalo or just the Chiefs in any version of themselves. And here's my thinking on that. Buffalo is totally banged up. Buffalo is losing guys every single week. Kansas City cannot score. I mean, really can't score. Bad tackles, making all kinds of mistakes. Only one really good wide receiver. Um, and Houston is a really, really young team. So. Um, that's just how I feel. I, I, I really feel like Green Bay is is coming, and they're real, and I think this is going to be a battle royale. But I think the Niners will win, but I'm not cocky about it at all. And um, But I do believe the winner of this game will run the table. We'll see. Welcome to Wake Up. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. Like, subscribe, notify, memberships available to you should you really want to support what we're doing over here, and we thank you very much. For those of you who do, Larry, have you heard about uh, the pot stirred by Mark Chamura on a uh, talk show uh, in, in Wisconsin where he basically said, hey, if you got to trade an early personal foul flag roughing to hit Purdy hard, you go ahead and you make that trade and you do it without worrying about those 15 yards if it's early in the game to set the tone. And I see all these fans just up in arms and, oh, my God, he's talking about injuring a player and all this stuff. If you think for a second that if no, – now, maybe Ronnie Lott's too smart to actually say that in an interview, but Ronnie Lott would a 1,000% tell you right now he would highly recommend – trading a 15-yard flag to maybe crack a rib on Jordan Love early in a game. If you think you can do it, you do it. This is war, okay? This is this this, this is as hard-hitting, nasty of a football game as you should be able to find on your TV all year long. This is where we are. It is the other quarterback must go down and must go down hard portion of the season so this all this hand-wringing of mark look mark chamura might not be likable he might have been caught in a hot tub with a 17 year old girl all those years ago and how he is still you know 
bandied about as a guest on shows. I don't know. Mark Chamura survived that. <laughs> but um, you might not like the messenger, but if the message upsets you, you shouldn't even be watching football. You don't know what the hell's going on here. Of course, Mark Chamura is saying that. And of course, everyone in the 49ers locker room on defense is saying the exact same thing. If you got a shot on Jordan Love, take it. Just straight up. That's where we are. Totally disagree. I mean, don't say fans are pushing back. Everybody's pushing back. Richard Sherman. Here's what Richard Sherman said to that. This is disgusting and has no place anywhere in sports or sports commentary. There's never a scenario where this is okay for any person or team. So it's not just Niner fans who are pushing back on Chewy. Wait, wait, wait. It's, talk, it's Richard the Sherman. The captain of the Legion of Boom is saying don't hit hard. Is that what he's, he's not saying don't hit hard? That's not what this guy's saying. This guy's saying this guy's saying play outside the rules. This guy's saying this guy's basically advocating it's okay to commit some kind of uh you know personal foul and 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 trying to injure the other team's players um as a as a tactic. That's not that's not that's not Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott didn't do that. I mean, come on. I mean, we can't just because Ronnie Lott blew up Icky Woods in a game and he's a hard hitter doesn't mean that he would nobody I mean, first of all, advocating that publicly is just such a such a terrible look. And there's no there's no defending it. I mean, come on. We know I, everybody I, I, who watches I, I, football knows the game is honest. physical. No, it's I bullshit. Think it's, I think it's, it's honest. I think I think there has been so much ridiculous. It's honestly bullshit, is what it is. This Hold on. it's it's ridiculous, Damon. That's like saying, you know what? If, if um if you you know if you if you if you see him in under the under the you know under the the, the the you know on the ground you step on his hand and spike his hand i mean it's like what come on man you play the game within the rules that's the way it is playing and even if you think hold on even if you think that to state it is a totally different thing hold on playing the game within the rules is a great way to draw a roughing the passer penalty it happens all the time. It happens in places where right. all that is. It's, is a, it's sports physical all enough. You is, don't need to advocate. All this. that is is football. That's, you know, just hit hard is what I, that's, that's what I heard when I heard Mark Chamura say that. I didn't know. That's not what he he's saying. saying. Dirty, he's dirty, saying. dirty play. He's saying hit hard, hit hard. And if you hit a guy so hard that you get a 15 yard penalty, that's doing business. That's doing business. I didn't hear him say, and then gouge his eyes out. And then after the play is over, suplex him, body slam him. I didn't hear that. Well, let's hear it then. Let's, let's hear it. Let's let, hear it. We'll let everybody hear it, and they can decide for themselves. Here's Chewy. But, Gabe, I go back, and it's little things like this. And the reason we won in 95 when no one gave us a chance in San Francisco is because we intimidated them. I mean, if you, and I always revert to Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons kicked the crap out of Brent Jones. And then it got contagious, and then it carried over. That's why you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Well, we already thought uh, that, so go ahead. A 15-yard penalty, and I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. <laughs> um, a 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing, as long as it's worth it. I, mm. I'm just saying – this but, is the so mindset you go time. into when it's battle. And it's it's kind of like the reverse of hockey. 
What don't they do in hockey in the playoffs, Joshy? Shave their beards. That and one other thing. They don't fight. They don't fight. <laughs> they don't fight. Right? This is kind of like sometimes a 15-yard penalty is worth it early in the game if you knock the living crap out of the guy. And then he kind of like sticking your helmet in the ribs of Nick Bosa is like, ah, but that I'm hearing ghosts. But Gabe. All right. First of all, he's not even right about why they won in the 95 game. If you go back, if you remember that 1995 game, um, that was the game where the 49ers threw the ball in the flat on the first series to Adam Walker. Craig Newsom, the former ASU corner, came up, big hit, uh, but he's a corner. It wasn't like he blew him up. He just popped the ball loose, jumped on it, and ran it in for a touchdown. And then why did the Niners lose that game? It wasn't because Wayne Simmons beat the crap out of Brent Jones and the 49ers were afraid of the Packers. The, the Niners lost that game because they were minus four in turnovers. That's why they lost that game. So, I mean, this guy's just, this guy, first of all, this guy has no credibility at all. You already stated why. I don't want to even go, go into that. But you want to say that you, you know, play hard, play aggressive, be hard hitting. That's one thing. Advocating that you go outside the rules and take a personal foul penalty by trying to hurt the other team's quarterback and intimidate the other team's quarterback crosses a line. And I'm not drawing that line. I'll let Richard Sherman draw that line and others. Damon, you saw the reaction of his co-host. That that spoke volumes. His I'm co-host, gonna... as he's saying it, goes, mm, I don't know, because it's wrong. Because he because he crossed the line and said something that was wrong. It was I, so I, tasteless I'm not, I'm not, that Niners didn't even touch it this week. I'm Nobody not, even I'm, everybody just ignored ignored it. I'm just not offended in any way, shape, or form. There's no difference in anything Mark Tamura said there in my ears than listening to an NBA player say, "Hey, man, if you're going to foul that guy, get your money's worth. If you're going to put a foul on that guy in the postseason, get your money's worth. Don't no no ticky tack. If you're going to foul, foul. Bill Lambeer shit." That's what I hear. I'm yeah, not offended that, but, at all. But Bill Lambeer shit, as you're saying, would get you now uh, uh, flagrant two and an ejection. So right. what are we and really talking back, about? Back championships. See, that's I, I wouldn't want to win that way. I, I want to win because my team's better within the rules. Not because, guess what? You know what happened? When the play was over and Jordan Love was under the, under the pile, Nick Bosa spiked his hand. And he, he had to come out of the game because he had a partially torn ligament in his wrist. And the Niners won because Sean Clifford came on and he's a rookie and he was terrible. And the Niners went to the, you know, went to the, the championship game. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, come again, on. we I all know phys- football's physical. It's not about being physical. Physical. Stay the physical Eagles. then. Oh, he advocated was more than that. I don't begrudge the Eagles their spot in the Super Bowl last year because they hurt Brock Purdy. They did it within the rules. Yeah, they did it within I, the rules. What if Brock, what if Brock Purdy? Wait a second. I don't you just brought it up. You just brought it up. What if Brock Purdy throws that ball and follows through, and five steps later, Hassan Reddick picks him up, body slams him into the turf, and he dislocates his shoulder? Do you feel the same way? Well, that's, that's, what, that's what he's advocating. I don't know. See, I don't hear that. I don't hear that. I he's, hear, he's talking about a late hit. Hitting hard. 
Well, a, dude, talk a about a hit. late hit. Take a personal foul. He's saying he's saying a premeditated late hit on the opposing quarterback that you would trade to try to intimidate. I that, guess that's, that's outside the rules I, of the play. I, I'm hearing something different then because I'm just hearing hit hard. Don't worry about like, okay, so you're sacking a quarterback. Don't really worry about like not landing on top of them. Just hit them, hit them hard, hit them hard. Win the game within the rules. Yesterday, Kyle Shanahan was asked why he doesn't do fake punts. And he's like, you know what? I just don't, don't want to win that way. I don't want to win by trying to fool and trick my opponent. I want to win kind of more oh, legitimately. Bullshit. Come on. What are you kidding me? What he said. What he said. I that's all he feels. By fooling my opponent, then don't put anybody in motion ever, Kyle. That is no, absurd. He, he, he looks at a fake punt as kind of a gimmicky trick, one-time thing, a desperation type move. Now, you can argue with it or whatnot, but either way, what we're talking about is play, play hard, play physical, play within the rules. That's all. I I don't want to. I want the Niners to beat Jordan Love, but I wouldn't sit there and be like, "Hey, Nick Bosa, hey Randy Gregory, how about this? When the guy releases the ball, shoot at his knees, and and take him out." Uh, hit up, get your helmet on his, get your helmet on his kneecap. Wait a second, put your helmet on his kneecap and, and, and dislocate his knee so that we get Sean Clifford because the chances of us winning this game against Clifford go way up. That's when you're advocating what he advocated. It's that's really what you're talking about. Come on. I heard intimidating. I heard intimidating. I didn't hear he said anyone trade a 15-yard personal foul late hit for the upside of intimidating Brock Purdy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's what he said. Let me ask you one question. We need to replay that. I don't want any hemming and hawing. Yes or no, Larry Kruger. Do you like the way Dre Greenlaw plays football? Absolutely, but he, where does he play outside the rules, dude? Greenlaw is on the edge of the rule book at all times. He is literally, his entire career is happening on the razor's edge of, is this hit out of bounds or inbounds? Dre Greenlaw is Mr. I'm going to try to hit you as hard as humanly possible to where you think you might not want to do this again. And if you like the way Dre Greenlaw plays, I don't know why you could be desperately, horrifically offended by anything that was said on that radio show. Play hard. I didn't hear, put your knee, put put your helmet on a knee, hyperextend someone's knee. That's You don't have to try to hurt someone in a football game to hurt someone. Hitting once someone again, hard. Once is, again, is we, we I, can debate it. I mean, I, I think, you I, and I can debate it. But, you know, we, neither of us have played a down in the NFL. Richard Sherman doesn't see it that way. He says this is disgusting and has no place anywhere in sports or sports commentary. There's never a scenario where this is okay for any person or team. Are you telling you want to get Richard Sherman on here and debate him? I would love to debate him. And I need to bring up some stats from Legion of Boom, and I'm just going to show him Cam Chancellor's hit on Vernon Davis over and over again. And, and ask, it was clean, like Damon. That was clean. What if what if uh, Vernon Davis went out of bounds? Cam there was Chancellor. not a penalty on Cam Chancellor. 
That was not a penalty. That hit in the modern NFL would be an arrest. Okay. They would arrest. It was a violent hit on a tight end, but it wasn't with, it was within the rules. What if, what if in this league, right now, he would be arrested? There's a difference. He's, this guy's talking about, I mean, he just said it. We're talking about within the rules or not within the rules. He's advocating play not within the rules. Come on, man. I mean, look how many people in the chat. Look how many people in the chat are pushing back hard on you right now. Oh, I'm not even looking at chat. chat. I know you're not. I don't care. Come I don't on, care. That's, that's a cheap hit. I mean, you. I don't. I want to win bad. You want to win bad. I don't want to win by cheating. This isn't cheating. It's football. It is cheating. Football it's, is hard. No, no. Come on. I mean, that's like saying that Bertuzzi. It's, hockey's hard, but Bertuzzi's thing was outside the lines. It was it was assault. He he drove a guy from behind into the ice, and it was even though it's a rough and tumble sport, uh, what Bertuzzi did crossed the line. You have to understand there's a line. Um, I mean, I know you do. You're just kind of playing tough guy on this, and I get it. But you know what? Sometimes you go too far. I guess and I, Bertuzzi I, I went too far. I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to here and and just say. That was not an okay hit by by Pertuzzi. The by Greg, Pertuzzi, it was not. The Greg Williams affect the head thing. That didn't bother me either. Have you? I mean, do you understand the way that these guys talk when closer? The, the problem with that is that got out. <laughs> that's that's what happened. No, I understand. Believe me, I understand. The San Francisco. I, I, I used to work for a defensive line coach, and I've heard him talk about you know the way he wanted his guys to play. Right. And I get it. There's an edge. But it's a fine line, and you right. do not advocate crossing that line in a premeditated way in any kind of public discourse and not expect people to push back on you because it's not. Come on. I mean, even if you think it, you don't say it. And this guy said it. And so absolutely, he's got to own it. And, and everybody, mean, everybody who's pushing back on you and him and everybody because he said it. It's like it's like, you know, it's. It, it's all it's already a violent game it's already a violent game um you know and and you know i'll say this i was sickened by that hit that uh, kirby joseph had on on tyler higby i think that was sickening i think that was that was right on the knee right you know i mean come on it was sickening um now it's a tough deal for defenders right because you can't go here and you really can't go down there so you got a strike zone you got to hit in the strike zone so it's never been harder to play defense in the NFL than it is right now, and I'll acknowledge that. And I love you, brother, but you're wrong on this one. Uh, Nicotina says, Damon, you're wrong on this one. That's okay. I mean, I I understand, and that's fine. I'm not. I've been wrong on anyone's. Here's my. You have no right. We to all know how. Tough, we all know it's tough sport. I I I am not. I I don't feel bad about a single thing that I've said, and I think that. Football is an absolute sport where knocking players out of games shouldn't offend anyone because this is what this sport is about. This is a full contact, nasty sport, and it's the playoffs. And Larry, you can you, but it's it's, it's run you're all talking about guys' careers. You're talking about guys' careers and their bodies, and it's a premeditated deal. Come on, man. It's Bush. Come on, it's, it's Bush. Come on. I mean, what happens if it actually happened? What happens if suddenly Rashawn Gary is a huge Chimura fan 
and says, you know what? Brock Purdy's thrown the ball, but I'm going to, I'm who was the guy who wasn't it Charles Martin who body slammed McMahon? Yes. I mean, what if, is, what if okay, all of a sudden Rashawn Gary does happened. that? To Brock Purdy, I, I'm not. I'm not. Are you going to be? Are you going to come on here on 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 Monday and be like, "Hey, man"? Well, first of all, we're school. doing a, a Sunday morning wake up at 9 a.m., Larry. So don't think that everyone's. Gonna we're going to do it Monday too. But would you, when when everybody reconvenes on Monday and they're sitting there debating this thing, would you really be like, "Hey, man, Charles, man"? You know, I mean, uh, Rashawn Gary, it's a, it's a tough sport. Come on. No, there's, there's lines. I mean, it's a, there's a fine line. Come on, man. I mean, uh, I understand what you're saying. It's a rough sport and guys are going to hit the crap out of each other. And Greenlaw wants to absolutely detonate Aaron Jones. And, you know, it's a different thing to advocate ahead of time. Um, doing a premeditated personal foul to try to hurt the other team's key guy. I mean, come on. It's, it's your quarterback. It's your quarterback in a sport where your quarterback means everything. Um, could you? I mean, it just it just can't, would, it just crosses a line. That's all. It crosses a line. That's I and that's would, why Sherman pushed back so hard. All right. Well, I wouldn't mind at all if Eric Armstead got a 15 yard penalty as Jordan Love was being knocked out of the game. The only thing that the 49ers need to do is reach the Super Bowl, and I don't care how many people are hurt or offended. On I want to do it the right way, man. I, here's the thing. I don't care. It's I not by hook or by crook I, kind I of a thing. I don't care how they do it. I guess that's the point I'm in. I don't care how the Niners get to the Super Bowl. Just I get do. there. Just I get do. there. I, 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 I do care. To me, how you compete defines who you are. And I understand what you're saying, but I just don't. I don't agree. I and and I think most people are with me on this one. Um, and you, even if you think theory. it, even if you think it, to say it is a totally different thing. He's basically said the quiet part out loud, and that's why there's pushback. And there should be pushback because here's the thing. If it happened in either direction, Nick Bosa, the, the, guy, the ball came out, the play is over, and Nick Bosa dives into the side of Jordan Love's knees. That's not good. I don't want that. Hey, man, there's a big I don't difference. want that. There's a big you difference. You want that, between... Damon? You want that? No, there's Come a on. big difference. Come between... on, seriously. There's a big difference between Playboy and Hustler, okay? There's a big difference between, <laughs> between something that is so overt, <laughs> that is so nasty, and... This. Don't forget you Gent know. or Jugs or something like that, right? Something like that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's let's go from one controversial topic <laughs> to another. How about Amy Trask basically saying that there are seven good quarterbacks remaining and a lucky to be here guy named Brock Purdy? What do you think of that? I was I was thinking Amy's still doing some heavy lifting for Al from beyond the grave here. I don't wow. know. I, I I I I personally push back on her on that. Um, I injected myself into this situation, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I know Amy and, um, I've known her for years and I think she has a book. Maybe is that what maybe motivated this? Does she have a book that's out right now? I don't know. She went on, uh, with, um, a lady named Amy Schuster, I believe, or Susie Schuster, um, Susie Schuster. And, um, I think they have a, a podcast or something. 
Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, this was another cross the line kind of a thing. I mean, this one's not as bad, of course, but um, this was wrong. Come on, this is come on. So, so now what? Brock Purdy, who led the NFL in several categories uh, this year, is now not as good as Baker Mayfield, as Jared Goff. Um. Are you so you're tr- pl- I, I I hear something playing, but I don't see him. Hold on a second. Somebody just almost yanked my cord here. Let me uh let me just play this for you. I'm gonna share the screen. Okay, here it is. Okay. Terrific Griffin. Okay, here we go. Of, of four games this week. That means we have eight quarterbacks. Did that math all by myself. Good girl. Four court games, eight quarterbacks, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. Make no mistake about it. Everybody, be calm, 49er fans. I'm not suggesting Brock's not a good quarterback. He is. I simply don't put him in the same category as the other quarterbacks. So I'll say it again. Eight quarterbacks, seven terrific quarterbacks, and Brock Purdy. What don't you like about him? It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I dislike him. He does things very well. He is surrounded by a tremendous, tremendous supporting cast, both on offense and defense. He is a good quarterback. I don't put him in the category of the other seven. Of four games this week, that means we have eight quarterbacks. So, okay, so, she okay, so here's my here's my complaint with this. She backed it up with zero information. Right. She, she, I mean, anybody can have an opinion, but you have right. how you support your opinion is defining. It so sounds I, like it sounds like she read a, a a tweet that Nick Wright sent out that was very similar, and she saw Nick Wright get an awful lot of attention, and maybe she does want attention, so she went with that too. I don't know, but it's like there's there's no level of reasoning behind her reason when it comes to she's like I like him but I'm going to separate him so dramatically from these other seven guys that he doesn't even belong on the same list with them. So I pushed back and I said, I love Amy, but she's wrong. Purdy's processing, timing, toughness, accuracy, and feel are all elite traits. And she's letting his draft position cloud her eval. Truth is that Amy is a talented football executive and isn't a trained personnel evaluator. They are distinctly different jobs and require completely different skill sets. She's just an observer, and she's entitled to her opinion, but she's not a trained personnel evaluator. Brock will prove her and others wrong. And then, you know, a couple guys pushed back on me and said, well, you know, she had a differing opinion than yours and mine, uh, but there's no need to discredit credit her credentials in evaluating football talent. And, you know, I replied to that guy. I said I was just pointing out that she's not an evaluator by trade. It's a statement of fact. Take it any way you want. It's hardly a low blow. And then I said, hey, you know, a hospital administrator, uh, no matter how talented, shouldn't give opinions on the relative health of a patient. That's reserved for doctors. This is no different, in my opinion. And then back to his initial criticism, he's like, there's no reason to discredit her credentials in evaluating football talent. She has no credentials in evaluating football talent. She admitted it to me in another text where she said, Hey, I've net. That's why I've never picked a player in my life, and I've never been involved 
in picking players in my yeah, life. She, wasn't 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 she on uh, Team Jamincus when the Raiders drafted Jamarcus Russell? I mean, did she really think that Jamarcus was about to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time? Well, she's not. No, she she might have been in the organization, Damon, but she didn't make that. That's not on her. She's she, Amy replied to me after I said what I said. She said, thank you again to Scott, who supported her. She said, thank you very much. And Larry, you're right. I was not involved in selecting players via the draft trades free agency, which is why I'm giggling at all the suggestions that, quote, she, meaning me, drafted terrible players and hi to you as well. So I, I love Amy Trask, and she's a wonderful person, and she's a very talented executive, and I've known her for years and years and years. <clears throat> I had good friends who worked for the Raiders. I went over there and watched film with them many, many times, um, and I've and I've had many conversations with her, and she's one of my favorite radio guests. I guess you know. Here's the thing, Larry. It, she's not a football evaluator. She's a she's like a capologist. It would be like you It would be like if Parag said you know what um you know i i don't think uh you know the, if parag had said the same thing i would say the same thing about parag now let me just say one other thing shame on all these people that have replied to her with all kinds of vitriol using terrible words that i would never use ever 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 let's dial it down people my god now she's wrong She's absolutely wrong. She she threw out an opinion that she knew was going to get a lot of attention. She got a lot of attention. She didn't back up or support her opinion with anything. Okay. And she deserves some pushback. But people dropping the C word need to check themselves. People that are just absolutely vulgar in their responses need to check themselves. Come on, people. Look, people are absolute huge assholes. And as but I mean, they can do it just, anonymously, Larry, they, that they has to be pushed back on. That has to be stated because the level of in of non-decency, come on, people. We can have a discussion and keep the dialogue on a on a somewhat uh professional level. It's just so heinous the things that I saw people say to her. Uh I, I just it's it sickens me. But All right. let's, All right. let's talk All right. about Brock Purdy for a second. Are you done? Are you done? Are you... Purdy, no, I'm not done. Brock Purdy is the best statistical quarterback in the NFL this year. 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 113 quarterback rating. That ranks first. A 9.6 yards per attempt. That ranks first. The highest completion percentage in the entire league. 13.3 yards per completion. That ranks first. First, first. So well, look, the, the, the you point can't I've been sit making there and say he's better than that. Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff are better when the stats say otherwise, and then not follow it up with a why is Brock Purdy somehow in his own category? Is it because he's six one, or is it because NFL executives took him in the seventh round, or what is it that makes him? The outlier. I need well, to know. If you're going to say something as spicy as you're saying, you better back it up with something. Because an argument that I think you and I have both been making is you take Brock Purdy's numbers, put them next to the name Aaron Rodgers, you have a unanimous MVP. But the name Brock Purdy is what people are pushing back on, not any of the data points or the stats or the success. And I think that the reason why people are offended 
that this is coming from Amy Trask is Amy Trask is not some hot take artist. No, she is actually someone whose football opinion we put some regard in. And for her to just be so far drifting out of reasonable conversations to reach an unreasonable hot take, well, why? And she says, well, I still like him. But why would you still like him if you think that he doesn't even belong in the conversation with these seven other guys? Like, it doesn't, she didn't qualify it. She didn't make any sense at all. She didn't defend her position at all. And the fact that we like her in the first place is why I think people are like, well, what, what's the deal, Amy? What's, what are you doing? Why are you talking like this? But um, it doesn't have to be, we had to push back, but I mean, people had to push back on that comment. I mean, come on, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but we're entitled to ours. And if you don't support your opinion with anything, it kind of weakens your opinion. And all I was saying is, Come on, man. I mean, you know, it's the same reason that um, I wouldn't, you know, Prague knows a ton, tons of football, but Prague's not a talent evaluator. He can't tell you which corner is better than another corner. It's a different skill set. So that's all. Well, again, uh, you know, I'm not a talent evaluator either, Larry. And you and I sit around and evaluate talent is, you know, all the time. I mean, you used to do it, but you don't do it now. You're. You know, you're someone who evaluates talent with a discerning eye, but you're not a talent evaluator, evaluator, evaluator either. You're not working for an NFL team. But there's a difference. The difference is that I have been trained by other talented personnel evaluators, and I have done it, and I understand what goes into it. And it's I'm not I'm not outside my purview. She's a little bit outside of her purview on this. It would be as if. Scott McLuhan started t- uh, debating um, her on the legalities of NFL happenings with a team. Now he's a great personnel evaluator, but Scott, come on, man, you don't know. You're not anybody's legal counsel. She's an attorney. She knows the rules. She knows the, the, the you know, the law. Um, and so just because you're a great talent evaluator doesn't mean that you could comment uh, with any intelligence about the legal precedents or the legal happenings of a football team, it's just different, right? I mean, it's right. just different. And here's the thing. And coming back to what you also said, never use the C word to a woman. I was talking about this with Ray okay. Ratto one time, Terrible. Larry, and Ray, Ray said it better than I've ever heard it said. He's like, you can only use the C word like they use it over in England where they only call another man the C word. They still don't use it for women over there. You know, it's only it's another such a man vulgar guy. word. Yeah, it's it's look at it this way. Of all the words in the world, and I'm the least offended by words person you're ever going to meet in your life. Words right. do not offend me. I don't even like that one. I don't even say that. It's that that's a nasty word. So yeah, people, but look, the single biggest problem with the internet is you're allowed to post on it anonymously. To me, there should be zero anonymous posting on the internet. You should have to put your name on everything you say in public. That's That to me is the single biggest reason why discourse has collapsed in the United States. Because you can, through your shadow account, where you never identify yourself, scream the most horrific things in the world with no 
Nothing coming back at you. And well, that's you can't, and I can't, but Bob, who lives in El Cerrito, can. Well, that's yeah, the, you and I, you are, that's you also and I, kind of a bogus thing. Think about that. Right. You, uh, Michael Irvin can't say anything. You can't say anything. I can't say anything. Because we but put our people names in the, behind it. People in their houses can say anything. Anything. Keyboard warriors, man. Keyboard and there's warrior. no recourse. Yeah, it's it's a it's uh I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it's like I don't really know how I feel about that because I think there should be a platform for people to be able to speak any way they want, but that level of unfiltered and um it's the, the lack of accountability is kind of I don't know. It's, it's it's it is what it is, I guess, as they say, but it's kind of unfortunate. And it really I don't know, in some ways it kind of it kind of shows us what's out there um, in the discourse, but I don't know. It's also, it, it puts people on totally different playing fields and then people can come at you or me or anybody in the most vile way and say the worst things about our families, our children, our looks our whatever. And if we shot back, it's like all of a sudden it'd be hell. It'd be hell to pay. But um, so it's a little think, bit of an unfair situation, but whatever. I mean, I it, think is, my, it's my, it is my my greatest trait is that I just I couldn't give a fuck. I, I, I just I don't, I don't care. I don't I don't care what the oh, Damon, you're getting torn apart in the chat right now. Who could possibly give a fuck about that? Yeah, well, well I, I do care. Mean, I do I, care. I, what don't, I don't I don't. I, uh, the, the comments of anonymous chatters mean nothing to me. I mean, nothing to me. That's no, like, but, but what you're really saying is that the people that are supporting your channel mean nothing to you. No, 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 See, no. The people no. that are supporting my channel mean something to me. No, no, but the, there's, there's that's who these that's who the people who are in here are. Right, but they but if all they want to do is be mean and nasty, these are the same people that if they walked up to you in the bar, they'd say hi. I watch your channel all oh, the I time. Know. But it's easy to say it's easy to be tough. When you're behind, oh, I know. I mean, hey, somebody here says uh, nobody's ever said saying. anything bad to me into my face, like Damon, ever. Damon, you're not tough, bruh. I know you can't fight. Well, do you want to fight? Is that, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what you're looking for? Is that what you were hoping at 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 nine thirty a.m. on a Friday morning we could engage in actual fisticuffs? Is that what you're looking for? I again, I whatever. P, I mean, and and Damon and I are friends. We go way way back. All these people, like you know, you cooked him, he cooked you, and all that. We're just having a we're having a spirited debate. What we're also having is an open, honest dialogue. Everything that I'm I'm saying today, I believe. Everything Damon's saying today, he believes. And there we go. And I'm and we're glad that there's 800 people uh, hanging out watching us on a Friday morning at 9:30, uh, and it's probably more than are hanging out watching other people. So thank you, thank you for all for being here.